It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now, we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. It's time for the Sharks Morning Skate with all the latest on San Jose Sharks hockey. Here are your hosts, Dan Rusinowski and Drew Ramenda. Back-to-back games against the same team. What a concept. It's kind of like the Stanley Cup playoffs, only it's the regular season. The San Jose Sharks face off against the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche today at SAP Center at San Jose. Well, Drew, the last game against this team was quite a game, really. And given the fact where the Sharks are in the standings and where the Avalanche are in the standings, you have to applaud the team the way they play. Yeah, I, I took a lot of positives from that game. Um, and I think at this stage, this is a stage of the season where the Sharks are, you have to take the positives as best you can. You still have to make it uh, fun to come to the rink. You still have to give the guys a pat on the back when they deserve it, and they deserved it. They played hard last game. They, they showed some resilience in their comeback in 2 nothing, 3-1, still came back, tied it up. You saw some good things again from Noah Greger. You saw some good things from Kevin LeBanc. I like um, Bordalo. I like Gushin. Kapo Kakinen played well. I thought the team played really well. You know what? A good game. Mark Evervasek had a hell of a game. So I looked at that and went, that's some good hard hockey. Eric Carlson's giveaway, I, it's mind-boggling to me how a player that brilliant can keep doing that dumb you-know-what on the Well, ice. the timing of it. Yeah, but giveaway, that, that giveaway, Danny, was as dumb as could be. It really was. It was just a hope pass. And I don't even know if he, he looked. We know he looked. But then he just turns and fires at what? I guess, hey, Nathan, you don't have 100 points yet. Here you go, kind of thing. That one drove me nuts. I mean, because you work your tail off to get back, and then that thing that has been hanging over the Sharks all year long again rears its ugly head, which is giveaways. And Eric's not the only guy, but that one, for a player of his caliber, not unforgivable, but it's you've got to be kidding me, a shake-your-head kind of thing. But overall, when you looked at the game, they played really well against a team that is formidable in every facet. They didn't even have Kale McCarr. They, they don't have uh, Landeskog, but they are still a hell of a good team. And what impresses me about that team is not their play with the puck, because it's good no matter what. Their play away from the puck, their checking, their, their, their closing off of time and space is exactly how you need to play the game to win in the NHL these days. No, it's how you win the Stanley Cup. It's how they did it last year. And, they, you know, they have all of that offensive talent, but they don't forget about that, that responsibility. Another thing about the game, too, uh, is that the Sharks played a lot of it with only 11 forwards because Tomas Hurdle went back to the locker room after smashing his stick in frustration when a penalty wasn't called. And it was a little confusing to us from the, from the top as to whether he was injured or not. He came out banged up, I guess, because he missed a couple of shifts in the second period. Remember, I was noticing how the lines had changed and we're trying to figure out what happened. But then he came Came back and was on the ice, and then after that, of course, the non-calls, and then the frustration, the broken stick, then the screaming on the bench, loss of composure, and so that would lead to some speculation. Well, maybe he was just told he wasn't going to play anymore and go back and get treatment or whatever. As it turned out, uh, David Quinn did talk to him, and that was on the bench while we were watching it. But uh, he went back because he was banged up with an upper body injury that, that we're told is going to be treatable enough that he can play tonight, which would be a good thing. 
earlier in the year with the Colorado Avalanche, Miko Rantanen had the same type of situation happen, not with the injury, <clears throat> but with the behavior on the ice to the referee. And he took a penalty, and Jared Bender handled it this way. He said after the game that he talked about the team and how they played, and then he said, when asked about Miko, he said, yeah, Miko can't take penalties like that to hurt us. Can't, he can't do that. And then he addressed it internally. Miko after, he was addressed internally, came out, said the right things, and of course, Miko Rantanen, being Miko Rantanen, played the right way after that. And I was watching that last game, and I thought to myself, okay, back when I was coaching, Kevin Constantine was head coach. Thomas Hurdle wouldn't have seen the ice again no matter what. He might even be scratched this game. Of course, Robbie Fatorik benched Wayne Gretzky, right. too. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, you know, 30 years ago, that was old-time coaching. And you would put guys on the bench and because it's selfish what you're doing. You're thinking about yourself and your team. You're being emotional instead of playing with emotion. The way that Jared Benner handled Miko Rantanen, I have a suspicion that's probably the way that David Quinn handled Tomas Hurdle. Because at this point in the season and the way the season's going, and you've got Tomas Hurdle for seven more years, you have to keep him on your side. But how do you do that? It's how do you discipline your kid? Do you, in coaching and, and raising children, is the same way. Todd McClellan talks about it a lot, and he's brilliant when he talks about it, is that you have to get players to understand that your goal is the same as their goal. The team's success is the goal. And in order to do that, we're going to both have to curb our behavior and both of us are going to have to control our emotions. Because when that happens with your player and he puts you shorthanded, the first instinct as a coach is to lose your mind. You get mad, you get upset, because you should, because your child, your player, has acted out of character and hurt your family, hurt your team. So, but... You, you look at that and you go, okay, the, the natural instinct is react emotionally, but you're getting at him for, you're getting after him for reacting emotionally. Two wrongs don't make a right. So you have to step, take a step back, take a deep breath, let that situation play out, and then after the game or yesterday, you just sit and have a talk with him. And then you get him back on your side, you get him back into, into the character, and I have a I don't have a suspicion. I have 100% certainty David did that with Tomash, and Tomash will be fine tonight. We know that the Sharks have been struggling all season long, especially at home, and I, I thought that this is not going to be a surprise to anybody. Since January 1st, the Sharks' record is 11-19-9, 31 points. That is 31st in the NHL. My trivia question for you today is, can you guess who's 32nd? Winnipeg Jets. It's not the worst guess in the world. You're kind of on the right track. You're in the wrong conference. I don't know. The Washington Capitals. Oh, yeah, they've been brutal. They've been brutal. It, but it's really amazing how yeah. brutal they've been, especially given what they have. So if anybody wants to, in the Sharks camp, uh, in the fan base, say, well, this is unique to this team, it's not. Well, I tell you what. Number eight, as, as good as a player he is, Ovechkin can score. He is doing nothing but scoring. Literally, and I know what you're thinking. Well, that's a good thing. No, it's not. You watch. He is. He doesn't take a step out there. That's a hard step. That team has mailed it in for a long time. So that's a. That's that doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't surprise me when you really think about it. It also reminds me of the famous hockey phrase. So you know, you were just talking about all he's doing is is just scoring. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of uh, the defenseman who is outstanding. Who is that? Standing out, yeah, I know, just I know. outstanding. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. anybody who's oh, not playing yeah. well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, but with, with the way that the uh, the Capitals have gone, um, I, I think they tried to keep that window open for as long as they did. They made some trades at the end of the year. Um, now Backstrom got hurt, yeah, too. Yeah, and Hathaway, yeah, Backstrom got hurt. Hathaway, is, Hathaway went, a couple of the guys. Darcy Kemper did not, did not play great. That was, the Orloff trade was the biggest surprise to me. 
I mean, he is such a good defenseman. That game that, that the Sharks played in Washington, he was, he was the best player on the ice. Well, there's no doubt about that. And, and that's going to continue with his career with the Boston Bruins. They're obviously a favorite in the Eastern Conference. But how about the West? It's really starting to tighten up. Last night, you get Calgary beating Winnipeg. So now they're tied in the points. And maybe Daryl Sutter's theory of five teams in the Pacific Division making the playoffs could possibly be true. I don't think it's going to be true. I don't, I don't see them doing it. They, they, you know, they, I mean, they've lost to Chicago three times this year. They're, they're such a Jekyll and Hyde team, it's ridiculous. Well, that's last, a, that's last a revenge night, against Daryl. Last night, that, that game was, it meant everything to both teams, and it lacked so much fire. I mean, it lacked, it, they were talking, it was like a game seven that was the big headlines. No, it wasn't. It was played like a game two of preseason. It was had zero emotion going in the game. I was really surprised at that. I, I can't think that Rick Bonus was too happy oh, with no. the way his team was, no. especially in their own rink with those fans there in Winnipeg. That's going to be something that needs to change if they're going to make it. You know, going into last night's game, they were two for the last 36 on the power play. Shifley has got one goal in his last 11, and they're not. They thought they had had it fixed after after they came to San Jose, and they they looked at the San Jose game where they lost as a, as the lowest point of the year. Um, and, and then they went out and they they were great for two. But then after after that, they again they're back to they can't score. Final note for today: Eric Carlson right now has 51 points at home this season. That's two points behind Jonathan Chichu, who had 53 in 05-06 for second place. As you would expect, Joe Thornton has 65 points, which is the all-time Sharks record for most home points in a season. But once again, there's no defenseman that's even close, and only five players have ever scored 50 points in the history of the Sharks' home schedule. So another thought for EK65 tonight as we're on the air at 7 o'clock with the final meeting of the regular season series against Colorado. You've been listening to the Sharks Morning Skate. Make sure you're listening all season long to the latest Sharks news and information right here on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.